Uh, tonight's reading is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So a few weeks ago, um, our washing machine broke, and probably the biggest annoyance of the whole situation, apart from the humongous pile of washing that almost reached the ceiling, um, was the waiting. So you call the warranty people and you wait on the phone. Then you wait to hear from the repair company to call and schedule an appointment. The appointment is usually a week or so and rarely do they fix it the first time. In fact, in our case, in the end, we had to purchase a new one and then wait for that one to be delivered and installed. By the end of it, we had been without a washing machine for a month. Today's world does not do well with waiting. I do not do well with waiting. In our era of modern conveniences, smartphones, Uber, Deliveroo, email, Netflix, and Amazon, speed and efficiency reign. Even checkout lines give us heartburn. But God has built waiting into the very nature of things, and our loving Father did this because waiting is good for us. Waiting can give us the opportunity to see and hear and feel things we're often too busy to notice. And whilst we wait, we may see other waiting people, pensioners, parents, disabled people, young adults, teenagers, young children, and notice the look in their eyes, the joy, the pain, the hope, the despair. We may see beautiful things, ugly things. We may hear a kind word, a cruel word, a baby's cry, a shout of rage, a snatch of music, such experiences are all part of the Advent journey. And when we look in the Bible, we find that so many of God's blessings come on the heels of waiting. I invite you to take a look at this painting that, it's there. <laughs> I invite you to take a look at this painting. 
Here we see a young girl dressed in peasant robes, sitting on a simple bed with crumpled sheets in a room with rough plain walls and a cracked cobblestone floor. She has almost no possessions, with the exception of a lamp with its low-burning flame and a jug perhaps filled with water. The girl seems awed. Who could she be? What is happening? What is the bright column of light on the left? This painting is a depiction of the Annunciation or announcement where the angel Gabriel tells Mary that she will become the mother of Jesus. Traditional paintings of the Annunciation show Mary wearing fancy blue robes and seated in a European palace or cathedral as she listens calmly to an angel with glorious wings and a halo. Henry Osawa Tanner, the artist of this painting, made his painting vastly different from other artist paintings of the same subject because he wanted the scene to be realistic. He painted the Annunciation in 1898, just after returning from his first trip to the Holy Land. Sketching ordinary Jewish people in the settings where Jesus lived moved Hannah deeply, and he tried to make his painting as authentic as possible. Tanner does give us Mary's blue robe, but it rests on the right side of the painting. Mary does not yet wear it. We are seeing her in a moment of transition. Let's look again. Look carefully at Mary's face. Tanner skillfully depicts Mary's tense face and body in his use of thin, transparent coats of paint called glazes to create the dark shadows and the soft, luminous effect. Whilst Mary seems anxious in the presence of the angel, she does not seem especially afraid. With her hands folded in her lap in prayer, she gazes at the angel, appearing to be listening intently to all he has to say to her. Her emotional response brilliantly illuminates the event that has come to pass. A young, poor woman receives the angel for what he is, without having preconceived notions like how could an angel appear to me? Instead, she asks the question, how will this be since I am a virgin? Only a woman of profound faith could ask such a question in light of the phenomena just presented to her from the divine. She sought to make sense of a faith-inspired event, her inquiring an attempt to bring her reason and faith together, a kind of rationale for believing in her vocation from the Lord. Hannah also included several religious symbols in some of the details. Can you spot them? The three pottery vessels in the corners may represent both the Trinity and Mary, since she will soon be the vessel of Jesus. And the shelf high up on the wall in the upper left corner intersects the column of light to form the shape of a cross. Advent is a season of waiting of being drawn into the spiritual discipline of anticipation. During Advent, we are invited to remember that God saturates the fullness of time, encompassing our past, our future, and our present. As we observe the season of Advent, we are invited to recall afresh the story of what God has done, what he has promised to do, 
and what he's doing even now. And so we're invited to celebrate, to cry out, and to pay attention. The Annunciation is one of the most commonly depicted scenes in the history of art, from paintings like this one, to music, to poetry, and to narrative, the story of Gabriel's message to Mary, infused with doubt and belief, joy and sorrow, fear and comfort, has proved to be remarkably generative for both the life of faith and the creative impulse. It is a story-sharing space with both devastation and hope. And this means it is a story for all of us, whoever we are and wherever we are in life. Tanner's painting is a wonderful example of how, when God comes to us, he transforms the most mundane, the drabus, the most unremarkable space into holy ground. We cannot imagine Mary, who was comforted by the angel and comforted still along the way by Joseph not abandoning her, and by her shared experience with her relative Elizabeth, as continuously recalling the event of the Annunciation in comfort, ease and delight. And nowhere do we hear of her being entirely settled, unworried and confident after her meeting with Gabriel. We cannot imagine that she didn't have to wrestle through those words of the angel, do not be afraid, Mary, each and every day. Maybe even chanting them like a mantra, like a blessing, like a song you just can't get out of your head. Mary's response is a resounding yes, her refrain, the glorious magnificat. But how many times must the fragmented memory of that angelic meeting have replayed in her head with anxiety or fear or worry or doubt alongside the rejoicing miracle and promise? And how perfectly appropriate and real and human that is. This is Mary's story, but at the same time, it is the story of each of us, of any of us, met with the perfect love of God in the midst of our fear, our struggle, our poverty and weakness, our insecurity and doubt, and hearing the words, the Lord is with you, do not be afraid. And it's an opportunity for each of us to respond, to enter into that risk, that freedom, that openness to say yes to such a love. And this opportunity is gifted to us because the story is as much or even more about God's opening up to us as Mary's opening up to God's plan and salvation. Mary opens up and receives God among us, Emmanuel, but God in Christ is also opening up and welcoming human life and experience. At the root of the Annunciation is the new, radical, earthly manifestation of the Lord is with you. The God of the universe opens up entirely to us, entirely to the weakness and beauty of humanity. God in the womb, God in the manger, God who walks among our streets. God who holds little children, God who touches lepers, God who dies in human flesh. There is no greater welcome, no wider openness, no fuller embrace and no invitation more joyful than this. 
I'm going to finish by reading a poem called Gabriel's Annunciation by Jan Richardson. And during this time, I invite you to sit with this painting and reflect on the following. As I wait with Mary, what is God asking me to do this Advent? For a moment, I hesitated on the threshold. For the space of a breath, I paused unwilling to disturb her last ordinary moment, knowing that the next step would cleave her life, that this day would slice her story in two, dividing all the days before from all the ones to come. The artist would later depict the scene, Mary dazzled by the archangel, her head bowed in humble assent, awed by the messenger, who condescended to leave paradise to bestow such an honour upon a woman and mortal. Yet I tell you, it was I who was dazzled, I who found myself agape when I came upon her, reading at the loom in the kitchen I cannot now recall, only that the woman before me, blessed and full of grace, long before I called her so, shimmered, with how completely she inhabited herself, inhabited the space around her, inhabited the moment that hung between us. I wanted to save her from what I had been sent to say. Yet when the time came, when I had stammered the invitation, history would not record the sweat on my brow, the pounding of my heart, would not note that I said, do not be afraid, to myself as much as to her. It was she who saved me, her first deliverance, her let it be. Not just declaration to the divine, but a word of solace, of soothing, of benediction. For the angel in the doorway who would hesitate one last time, just for the space of a breath, torn from his chest, before wrenching himself away from her radiant consent, her beautiful and awful yes. Amen. Oh,